if you think about it, uh-huh. if you really look at all three Back to the Future movies, one after the other, and look at what Marty does mm-hmm. and what happens when he comes when he goes back in time and comes back from the past to yeah. the future. Yep. His life always gets better and it only gets better mm-hmm. when he is mean to Biff in some way. <laughs> or Biff ancestors. Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> the, the, the ten and family line. Yeah. I was thinking, I, I would kind of mention to you, this to you before that like there's almost a moral imperative for him to like be mean to a tannin because it makes the world better but i think it's actually just that he like in a selfish way like he is teaching himself that like anytime i mean to a tannin like good things happen to me that's true it's it's sort of a like like pavlov's dog situation if there like, is, you see a tannin yeah. and it's like oh i'm gonna embarrass him in some way if, I, he yeah. needs to be like <laughs> He needs to be thrown into manure. If there was a Back to the Future 4 and Marty would go either far enough forward or backward in time, that yeah. there was like a tannin that was like so far removed from the rest of his ancestors that he wasn't a jerk anymore, yeah. Marty would probably just be mean to him just automatically. Yeah, actually, <laughs> that I could see him being mean to him and starting the whole thing. And, yeah, that's true. And if this whole process would go on long enough, yeah. the McFly's become more and more successful... And the tannins become like weaker and weaker. Yeah, you know it would sad. probably it would probably get to the point where Marty's like a time traveling tannin bully, just like helping his descendants just pile on. Damn, <laughs> that is brutal. <laughs> yeah, it's it's probably good that they stopped at three, huh? <clears throat> probably, yeah. Well, and I mean, at the end of three, we don't need to get into the sequels too much because nah. we, we can leave it open for we'll leave it open for those. other ones, but but they kind of do close it. In a very purposeful way. Yeah. But I think we can extrapolate that and just assume that if they had continued. Oh, Marty know. would just like be seeking them out at this point. Yeah. It would be like Predator. It would turn into you know, like the Terminator series. <laughs> yeah. It'd be like it's Terminator. Like, <laughs> Sorry, mix up my Arnold. If I'm super mean to you now. Yeah. I'm going to, you know, I'll have another new truck in the future. <laughs> Like Back to the Future 7, it'll be like, oh man, if I just beat up one more tan and I could be the president. I need to pay off my credit card bills. I gotta go kick a tan in the balls back in 1708. He'd be like bringing bags of manure with him. Yeah. Totally. Like, I gotta go find a tan and just dump this manure on him. Solve all my problems. I like that. There's a guy on the internet mm-hmm. who went through the novelization of Back to the Future. Interesting. Yes. Like page by page. Every page. He, he'd review every page. And he'd t- kind of talk about where it was going. And it ends up being kind of a big treatise on the the writer. Mm-hmm. And one, just how weird he is and how he's clearly being paid by the word. Oh, the writer of the novel, you mean? Yeah. yeah. Sorry. The writer yeah, of the yeah, novel. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but also, you see some stuff from like older scripts. Okay, they don't give you the final script for the novelization. They yeah. just say like, "Here's where we're at so far. Please write a novel." Because so it that- probably takes too long. Exactly. So that when the movie comes out, we can release the book at the same time. Interesting. Yeah. So this is clearly an earlier script, uh-huh. and I won't get into like all the differences. It's basically every change they made was better. Yep. This movie came together like as they were making it almost in terms of like how perfect it is. Mm-hmm. But the beginning of the book starts off with essentially, you, re- you remember the beginning of Terminator two or, or sorry, not the beginning the like the vision that Linda Hamilton has. Yeah. Where she's like, you know, they're on the, they're, they're on the swings and stuff. And like a nuke goes and off, a nuke the goes of the off city. and destroys everybody. Guess yeah. what happens in back to the future. Oh, that's the beginning of the book. That's a, wow. Okay. That, Oh boy! But here's why. Yeah, because they want to show like the power of a nuclear bomb. Because in the original script, uh, it wasn't a DeLorean; it was a refrigerator. Mm-hmm. And so they basically like ho- made a fancy refrigerator, and they have to bring it to this nuclear 
test site because they need the energy of a nuclear bomb in order to travel back in time. Wow. So it's that like would have been dramatic. It's a leftover from that. But then Robert Zemeckis was like, ah, man, kids are going to see this movie and they're going to like go hide in fridges and die. <laughs> yeah. Better not. <laughs> Better not. So they picked the DeLorean. So. Huh. And it's and it's kind of perfect that they did. It's did they did they do a refrigerator and a nuke because of the urban legend that they also used in Indiana Jones Four? Maybe. I mean, I, I don't think so. I think it's that more, seems like too much of a coincidence to me. It it probably seems like it. I mean, obviously that was a thing at the time. Yeah. That, but um, no, I think it's just that. They just assumed it, a time machine would be like a box, like in, yeah. like in Bill and Ted, where they have the yeah phone booth, the phone booth. Like they could, yeah. they didn't think of it as like a vehicle, a, yeah, which is a way more clever thing for mm-hmm. them to think of. Oh yeah, the vehicle's way cooler. Yeah, but it's good that they went the way they did because uh, one that's terrible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the vehicle's way cooler, uh-huh. and also the beginning of this movie rocks. Oh yeah, um, it's great. I just. So I just watched Back to the Future again today, mm-hmm. and you watched it well, like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, right? a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And we just, just both watch it like every couple weeks. I so. mean, honestly, <laughs> it still holds we up. Should. It's so good. Yeah, I really thought like I was gonna be able to poke some holes in it, but I really can't. There's very few. It's it's such a perfect script, and it just is executed so well. Even just at the beginning, what I wanted to talk about right off the bat is just how much the information they give you. Yeah, they throw. So much exposition at you mm-hmm. so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, just right away, you see, you know, it starts in in Doc's lab. Yep, and or his garage, I guess. It's not mm-hmm. even really a lab, mm-hmm. but they start you off with like you know, obviously all the time stuff. But they, you know, pan over the thing about how Doc is like a disgraced scientist. Yeah. Like a newspaper clipping or whatever. Yeah, yep. Wait, that's kind of a funny newspaper clipping clipping yeah. to keep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I made to, the paper for I my had to failure. Sell off all my landed developers. <laughs> hmm. I'll keep ah, that. Yeah, I'll frame it. But <laughs> anyway, do you think he knew at this point that he was just going to time travel and he'd be able to change it? Maybe it's ironic. Yeah. There you go. Maybe he's he's keeping up his motivation. Yeah. Like I when think so. athletes put. Uh, clips of like them pictures of them getting dunked on in their yeah, lockers yeah there you go <laughs> um but then you also get that he's a weirdo scientist because he has like a peewee's playhouse breakfast machine thing <laughs> of and, his own and for his dog and it fails yeah and it fails um, well i mean it works but like there's major problems he left it on all day and so it's uh he's absent-minded professor yeah basically it describes him perfectly yeah and then, and he's not even in the scene, right? Which is great. It, t- it tells you all you need. To, it gets you excited about Doc. Who yeah. is this Doc? Who is this guy? And uh, which really you can't think about too much anyway, because he's no. just. It never really explains. No, totally <laughs> in a good way. We'll get into we'll get into yeah. how weird Doc yeah, yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. But um, what else do they? Oh, they have the the plutonium under the desk, mm-hmm. which automatically you're like, okay, so this so maybe he's for real. Yeah, and you get all of, you're like, why does this kid come by all the time? Yeah, and it shows you all this. There's just so many little things that Marty does. Yeah. Like, because there's so much info about him, even just, like, all the stuff that he's into. Yep. Like, that he play, he's in a band. He he's wants, in a band. He, he, what, his, what he wants in life. He's mm-hmm. got this girlfriend. He, he doesn't like his home, his parents. Yeah. You know, all this stuff. He's afraid of failure. <clears throat> yep. He, man, just, yeah, they'd give you so much. He's clearly a troublemaker. They yeah. think he's a slacker. But, but like in a fun way. Yeah. No it, like flies ever amounted to anything. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Strickland, man, he's got a lot of good lines. Just, oh, uh, man, Mr. Strickland's one of my favorites. Let me give favorites. you a nickel's worth of free advice. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite lines. Um, And just all the stuff about the clock tower. Yes. The, um, clock, the clock tower, the um, knowing exactly when it struck. Yeah, him taking the flyer with him. Yes, because it has Jennifer's grandma's phone number on it. Yes, totally. <laughs> and then, and then later on, when he's talking to Doc about it in the past, he re- the reason he pulls that out is because he wants to show Doc the message that Jennifer wrote. Oh yeah, and not because of the clock tower. <laughs> That's such good writing. Uh. Like, I mean, it just works out so well. They just like pull it back in such a good way. We honestly, so. <laughs> little behind the scenes, I frequently am like, ah, we should do more movies that suck. Because yeah. I sometimes run out of ways to say that something's good. 
And sometimes it's like if a movie's too good or one that we like too much, yeah, it almost starts to seem like it's all just on the screen. Just don't listen to us. Just watch it or it's, whatever. It's true. And this is one of those that I am almost like I don't even know what to say. Like we could just list everything that happens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Say that it's, it's good. All perfect. Yeah. Um, but there's just like so much. There's so much on. There's so much that you can talk about outside of the movie too, and it's, like little, like we were talking about this earlier about all the little details. Yeah, that like you don't have to notice mm-hmm. to enjoy the movie, but they're just like almost just like bonus stuff, and yeah. that's where I think a lot of that stuff falls into that we appreciate. Absolutely, it's it's such a rich world. Weirdly enough, yeah, in what not even two hours, right? Yeah, it's I incredible think. how much it's probably like they two hours, paint. Yeah of every part of this world yeah in such a short amount of time you and there's so much that's left unsaid and that makes it more interesting Mm -hmm. and the stuff that gets talked about all the time twin pines mall he hits a pine tree and there's a lone pine mall but then you get like doc's weird line reading of he was trying to breed pine trees or some like weird (laughs) line reading like that old man peabody on all of this he had this crazy idea about breeding pine trees and that doesn't have to be there, but it's no. like it gives it character in a really mm-hmm. weird way. And mm-hmm. it, Doc is such a weird. Oh, let's just talk about Doc and how weird yeah. he is. So I'm sure many people have seen the John Mulaney bit where he talks about Back to the Future. It features my favorite line from all of that <laughs> is him describing Doc as being. No, this guy's either like 40 or 80. Like even we don't know how old this guy's supposed to be. Totally. But also, just the fact that he describes him as a, oh yeah, we got this this 18-year-old whose best friend... Who's, you know, a disgraced <laughs> nuclear physicist. Yeah, what? How many... That's just bizarre. It's it's, And I will say that all the parts that you don't, that don't quite make sense, in an earlier version of the script or behind the scenes... They had an explanation for it. Sure. And the whole thing was just that he basically just pays Marty to like clean his shop. Okay. Well, and even the fact about him being like an old disgraced nuclear physicist yes. and like why would he be that? And it's because he got this dream of the flux capacitor yes. and spent all of his time and money yep. over the next thirty he was, years he doing it. He was that. an inventor who had like an he had money, like yeah. a family money, and he squandered it all to make the flux capacitor. Just on this one thing. Yes. And he says it himself in the movie. Yeah. But it's it's such a throwaway line. Like so many other things in this movie, they're throwing so much information at you. Yeah. It's impossible to really even know. So how old is he? Do we ever figure it out? Was he born in like 1930 or something like that? I suppose. So in 1955, he would have... Well, I'm just assuming that he's I like he's, I think he's born in the 20s because I think I think like in 1955 he's supposed to be in his like probably 30s or 40s. I think right? he actually probably gives it away in Back to the Future 3 when he gets busted yes, by that's right. Clara or whatever. I just assume he's like 50 and 80 or like 40 and 70 yeah, between I the two movies. I think 40 and 70 looks like seems right to me. Anyway. Yeah. Um, it's weird though cuz you don't know. <laughs> no. And he looks he sees himself on video and he's like, "Look at all my hair." Or like, <laughs> "I keep my hair." <laughs> yeah. I look so old like you look exactly the same, buddy. <laughs> Really, Christopher Lloyd, he, like, a lot is, we'll get into all the stuff about about Michael J. Fox. Yeah. But, like, Christopher Lloyd, I think, is completely necessary to the movie's success. 100%. He's so kooky, and he does have that quality of, like, what is this guy's deal? Yeah. What, even just how old is this guy, even? He's not, he's not, like, intimidating, necessarily, mm-hmm. but he is so mysterious that... You 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 don't think you can trust him only because you don't know if he's all there. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and he has such like a big energy all the time. Yeah, totally. He does have a big energy. He, he just he's, yeah. He's weird. But then at the same time, you get all these little moments like when when Lorraine uh stalks Marty yeah. back to Doc's place. Yeah. And uh Doc is playing it very cool. Like he, uh-huh. he can clearly tell He's not like like so out of touch that he can't tell that this girl is clearly into Marty. Yeah, and is laying it on thick. Yeah, and Marty's you know yeah. he doesn't ruin it or whatever. Yeah, and and he's he's very smooth and he and he can play it up and like even with the like talking to the cop about. I like, was just gonna say that. <laughs> oh, it's, 
important weather stuff. Did you Don't see? Touch it. Did you see the deleted scene of that? No. Where he bribes the cop. Really? When, when he's up on the ladder and he's like, "Of course I have a permit." Yeah. And he goes on the ladder and he hands the guy like ten bucks or whatever. <laughs> no like, but way. they cut it. I don't know why. That's incredible. <laughs> that would that would have been a good one. Yeah. That just gives. See, Doc is kind of cool. Like, yeah. Like he's not like, and I think part of that is because I mean he is a guy who at the first part of the story thinks he invented time travel. Yes. And Marty doesn't believe him essentially. Yeah, it's true. Even though he's been working with him the whole time, you know. So it's like. It does kind of cast doubt into this guy's sanity. And we, yeah, and especially since we do see him drive a car straight at the two of them without <laughs> knowing if it works. Yeah. This is their first test. Yeah, it really does make it a, and uh, then, su- a like a suicide pact. But at the same time, you can also see how smart he is because he sets an alarm for exactly one minute later. And as soon as it beeps, he says, oh, watch out. Yeah, he, like, he's like this, he's, that's what's weird is that you get pulled back and forth between him saying things like i finally invented something that works yeah and then also him like setting up the thing of of marty driving the car over the point where he exactly needs to right when lightning strikes and you know setting up this whole rig he basically does that all perfectly yeah so he's not dumb yeah he's not bad at science it's also kind of perfect that his role model is is uh thomas edison Mm -hmm. and he like goes over and talks to him he's like yeah i don't think i can get it to work i think his whole deal isn't that he's bad at science or anything i think that he only is interested in inventing things that are impossible yeah exactly because like when marty shows up at his house he's trying to invent some kind of mind reading yep thing yeah, totally <laughs> looks like a chandelier <laughs> yeah and it's like you want to sell me a subscription to the <laughs> yeah saturday evening post like if a guy in like 1955 was realistically trying to be an inventor yeah you know there's all sorts of stuff he could be inventing absolutely <laughs> that's practical but he yes. doesn't care about any of that right he wants to blow his fortune on inventing a time machine yes which is awesome but also dumb his reach <laughs> exceeds his grasp at this yeah. point until he hit, until he comes up with a flex capacitor yeah so he's <laughs> anyway. really i mean he's the <laughs> world's best scientist yeah but so before we get back to like all of the 1955 stuff i want to talk about one of the other things that's so good in this movie is that Back to the Future does this so well where the same thing happens over and over and over. Uh-huh. And it's always super sad. It's, it gets more satisfying every time when it yeah. happens. Yeah. So you you get Marty saying, I don't, I just don't think I could handle that kind of rejection. We're not <laughs> sending in his tape. Yeah. And then you get, you know, you get George saying that at home. Uh-huh. And then, of course, you get him saying it, you know, back in the 50s uh, when he's oh, going to yeah. ask Lorraine out. Yeah. Um, and when he's going to do his, or when Marty asks to see his sci-fi book. Uh, he says, I I don't let anyone see any of my stuff. I couldn't. What if they didn't like it? Yeah. And then <laughs> when he's going to ask Lorraine out, I couldn't do it in front of all these people. I, what if she said, no, I couldn't handle that type kind of rejection? Yeah. I think it's funny that like. And then every time it's so funny. Yeah. I think it's, it's also funny just that they put their it, a lot of times in movies it's annoying when a character just says what his character is all about yeah. out loud yeah i don't know if they managed to beat it just by all the characters being so over the top Maybe. or what but it never it never like is like dumb well it's a, and it's especially great i mean obviously that's the whole point of this right is that like all these history all repeating these, itself yeah and, all these characters lives were so set in stone 30 years ago yeah and then marty comes in and changes it mm-hmm. but like yeah they've seeing, all been in a rut for 30 years seeing biff uh do the hello mcfly hello <laughs> yeah. in the 80s when he <laughs> crashes his car and wants him to like do his reports and stuff and then going back 30 years and immediately the first thing you see is the same thing happening 30 years ago yeah is so satisfying i gotta say the scene where marty goes into the diner the oh, first time so good. that's maybe the best scene of the whole movie it it establishes the most the quickest. Yeah. And it's just really funny and like all Give of- me a tab. I can't give you a tab. <laughs> you haven't ordered anything. Yeah. Give me a Pepsi free. You gotta you pay a Pepsi, you gotta pay yeah. for it. And just like give me some without sugar and he hands up a cup of coffee. All of the like the looks that Marty gives George and then everything about Biff and his absolutely bizarre crew. Yeah. Uh it's all just so animated. And they teach you that Marty has the ability to change the future by by doing the Goldie Wilson mayor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, well, they, kind they put, of. They put that in your head that, that yeah. that's, a, that's a possibility that yeah. can exist. Yeah. 
that uh, that either Marty has already changed it in some or that like I don't know you know like that he could be responsible for that or that like he can cause these like yeah loops. yeah well because in that case yeah it is one where it is something that already happened in Marty's world right yep but it's like yeah just the fact that the, the guy hadn't thought of it yet yes you know it wasn't I don't know it hints at it but it doesn't like go all the way for sure totally because yeah. that doesn't happen until later right exactly the actually the other thing I wrote down was. Seeing how the previous generation is even more screwed up than Marty is, kind of like basically just seeing his dad, ter- finding out that his dad is a peeping tom, <laughs> is such like a yeah. sad, gross. <laughs> Him, it's okay, so pathetic. The things that he, I, I, and you, you pointed this out earlier about how great the grandpa character is. Yeah. About him talking about how ah, uh, his parents are <laughs> these idiots. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot comes from upbringing. Parents are probably idiots too. Lorraine, you ever have a kid who acts that way, I'll disown you. Just that whole segment of him basically first finding out that his dad's a peeping Tom. Yeah. Then finding out that his, all the stuff that he finds out about his mom. Oh, so good. uh, And his mom is like hitting on him. And and it just is not how she previously described herself at all. Right. And it's almost like the the grandpa almost like sums it up. Yeah, totally. In that way of just like... It's... But... Why does this movie work so well when it's hitting you over the head all the time? I don't know. Maybe because it's funny. It is funny. It's because <laughs> so it's so funny. wacky. Yeah, or even like the this the stupid idea of having his youngest uncle in a crib and being like, yeah. "Boy, he sure loves being in that crib." <laughs> yeah, I think I don't know if part of it, and it's weird because we would be exempt from this. Yeah, of the nostalgia factor of like, I'm guessing it was probably very satisfying for people in 1985 to watch it and be like, oh, yeah. Our parents weren't perfect. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, and just like... Um, That's true. I bet that was really satisfying. Just with the problems of the world, it's not so straightforward as a lot of people put it all the time. Yeah. Of just like, oh, everything, you know, this happened, everything went to crap yep. or whatever. Yeah, you know? totally. Just like, a lot of people do deal with a lot of these problems generationally and then even beyond that the whole world has just problems that are ongoing right and caused each other forever especially at that time i'm assuming because a lot happened between 1955 and 1985 yeah, culturally mm-hmm. but again we liked this movie when we were kids and we were born after 1985 so it's so funny to think one of the things i think robert zemeckis absolutely nailed was the stuff that was really stupid about the 80s yeah like in a in a good way, like Tab, the DeLorean, yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, like like picking Huey Lewis in the news for the music, mm-hmm. um, like a Toyota pickup as being like the coolest thing ever. <laughs> You know what I mean? All these things look dumb. Like they're yeah. not even that cool. Well, and yeah, or, or even like like the like when at the end. Like all their new furniture and yeah, stuff. yeah they're all yuppies and, and their looks—they're all yuppies. Yeah, they're like not cool. I feel like that's maybe part of it too. Is that there is almost an inherent cynicism to everything. Yeah, like they're not—they're never really even when they're depicting 1955. They could have gone of like you know about how amazing 1955 was. Yeah, and they and do a little bit. They and do a little just bit. The sense that it's clearly a more innocent time and people really seem to trust each other in a weird way yeah but right when they get there the first thing that basically happens not the first thing but one of the first things is like a guy getting bullied yeah you know and it's yeah. just like like even like the the guy at the imagine if the guy behind the counter at the diner would have been like a stereotypical 1950s bar hop or whatever right you know what if he would have been like using old-timey fun lingo and yeah yeah totally it would have been awful yeah you're, you're totally right though <laughs> he's that, mean to him <laughs> like it's it was good for the people it was good for yeah. And clearly for everyone else, it was garbage. Yeah. It was, yeah, it's the same thing of just like, of you know. Like everywhere. Yeah. There's times. people who were cool or yep. who had whatever reason for why everything was good for them. Mm-hmm. And there's other people who didn't. Right. Um, exactly. And yeah, so I think you are right, though, in that I think part of it is that if, if, if those little, so there's like, there's multiple levels of this, right? Where they'll make a joke that is very important to the plot even yeah yep. of like the that how marty and his dad are the same mm-hmm. or whatever and then there's like other ones that are stated jokes yeah that are almost like you know like knowing that ronald reagan was an actor oh right? yeah totally so like that's something that they have a little they have on a sign in yep. like 1955 yeah well they, that's the movie that's showing yeah and so like 
it's there if you want to see it and like Emmett and like Doc like openly makes the joke yes. which is funny to later audiences who's the vice president Jerry Lewis yeah but then there's like yeah like almost like the the other deeper level of just like ones that if you don't notice it doesn't even matter like the pines thing the lone pine mall yeah yeah and it's just it almost like i don't know if it makes people feel it makes you they, feel smart for catching it, it makes you sure. feel smart i think and it also it doesn't like it makes it feel like they aren't desperate for you to get all their jokes. Yes, that's really it. They're not desperate for you no. to get any of them. They're not like pointing at it like, haha, the movie that's showing yeah. in 1955, the next week is The Atomic Kid. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like they don't like linger on it for so long. Yeah, they just they just know that the script is strong enough to carry it. And that's probably just because they had so much stuff they had to put in there. So it's so packed with stuff. So, man, I don't know if it and I, it's hard to say that it even was like that on purpose, you know, yeah. if they knew that they were, I don't know. Anyway, I'd like to go through this script and just see like where they place the action sequences versus where they place or, you know, like what's an exposition scene and what's an action scene because it's so well paced too. I was mm-hmm. actually thinking about it this time, you know, they start off with a lot of stuff and then you get in sort of an action sequence of, the you know the first time that he goes back in time Mm -hmm. and then you get you know some more slower paced stuff and then you get the action sequence of him having to escape from biff yeah exactly and then you get another slow one and then you get him like it's it it just like it comes in like such perfect waves and in between in between each sequence you get this like slow build-up of great exposition Mm -hmm. and all the other crazy stuff happening I think the, and we were kind of talking about this earlier, one of the things that I think maybe helped them tighten all this up yeah. and like add so much is the fact that they filmed almost the whole movie twice. Oh, right. Because so, so, Eric Stoltz yeah. was the first guy. So Eric Stoltz was going to be Marty McFly and he was this like serious actor and he was doing method acting the Ooh, entire time. Like what did that entail? Basically just that he wanted people to call him Marty. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> And like he would, like so I watched an interview with the guy who played Biff. Yeah, and he basically s- said that Eric Stoltz was insufferable. Oh, and that Bummer. he the the method acting thing was really annoying, and that like he basically wanted to be like actually punching Biff. Oh wow! And Biff would be like, "Hey man, you don't need to do that. <laughs> you know, we're <laughs> acting." Yeah, and basically Eric Stoltz would kind of like halfway act like he didn't hear him because oh we're not like doing the scene now. So Yikes. I'm not like really interacting with you or whatever. That's so messed up. It sounded bizarre. Yeah. But that wasn't even the reason that they got rid of him. It was just because he was trying to play it too serious the whole movie and he just wasn't funny. Oh, bummer. And it's really funny to watch. I can imagine this movie not being funny. I know, right? And like there's clips, uh, even after thinking about that, and, and I watched a thing that had like clips of the two of them, you know, like Eric Stoltz and uh, Michael J. Fox. And even just watching marty walk through the city the first time he gets to the town and he's like walking around yeah like looking at everything and he's like kind of stumbling the whole time it's so like he plays it up a lot yeah like and all of his needs oh yeah exactly all of his reactions are like really comedic like he's kind of almost like hamming it up sure for a lot of his reactions even like the scene where he like um uh, where it's George in profile at the diner, yeah. and and Marty kind of like his face kind of comes out from behind his face. <laughs> yes, it's so, and he has such an intense look of of comedic confusion. Yes, and Eric Stoltz, I don't think wanted to do any of that. No, oh, he that thought it was sense. beneath yeah. him. Yeah. So basically, they. So the thing I saw with the guy who plays Biff, he said that. They were pretty much to the point of the shoot where everyone was starting to be like, "So what are you working on when this is done?" So wow. like very close to the end, apparently. Or at least for him, you know, and yeah. so and him and some of the other actors, um, and then they replaced this guy, and so they had to do it all again because Marty's in like every He's shot, in, like every scene, <laughs> yeah, for so, sure, uh, yeah. So like, I if I'm I don't know if if they changed a bunch of stuff or like, well, we get to try this again, yeah. Let's slip in so. this. Let's change this line. Let's do whatever. Yeah, it, holy cow, it worked. It's so good. I don't know if that was part of it or not, but it would make sense. Yeah. Just well, even from reading the, I think I didn't go all the way through the whole book again. Yeah, but just from reading some of the initial stuff, 
they tighten up the dialogue so much. Oh, I bet. They get like twice as much info, info out and half as many lines and it's twice as funny. Yeah. Or just like it's punchier. It just mm-hmm. works. Doc sounds like more interesting. Marty sounds more interesting. Yeah. But speaking of really weird actors, I really want to talk about Crispin Glover. Yes. And how perfect. I don't think this movie could work without a lot of things, obviously. But I think without Crispin Glover, this movie doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Because he's so weird. Yeah. Whatever he chose to do, like, uh-huh. it's so unusual. I, I, I'm just like, every line that he does, I'm just hanging on every word. Because <laughs> he truly is like a, a 50s dork. Yeah. In a way that they could have played it up, you know, some different way. Yep. But he like has potential to be even somewhat normal. <laughs> but he's just sabotaging himself constantly. His like really sad haircut and how often like the one side hangs <laughs> yeah. down into his face. Yeah. And just some of the weird line readings he gives. Oh yeah. Even just the the you are my destiny. You are my density. Or yeah. I'm your density. Lorraine, my density has brought me to you. What? Oh, what I meant to say was... Wait a minute. Don't I know you from somewhere? Yes. Yes. I'm George. George McFly. I'm your density. I mean, your destiny. He really just commits he's, he's all so pa- the he's time. He's so pathetic. And he's so pathetic. It's incredible. And it is kind of interesting to be that he... I, I, I almost feel like I need to come up with another way to describe people. But just like he also plays it so big all the time. And he like he, he has such big movements. Yeah. and like, But not in a way that anyone else in the movie But does. not in any kind of charismatic way. He's incredibly pathetic. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, that is true. Because... Because then when you see him at the end, you know, after the 30 years yeah. later, and suddenly he's like this smarmy weirdo, like, but like smarmy in like a normal way. Yeah. Well, and so he and, can clearly play normal. And Crispin Glover apparently didn't want that to be the ending. Right. He like, right. he argued with the guys who made the movie and was basically thought that it like kind of promoted just like a, they just have a lot more money now. Yeah. That's what they got out of it. It. <laughs> It's a little bit like prosperity gospel. Yeah, a little bit of just like oh that that part? well it's not all the way because it it doesn't quite say that people who have money deserve it. Right. But it does say that like that's the thing that you should be trying to get out of life, I it's, guess. It's maybe a little more like the secret or like yeah. weird thing <laughs> yeah. like that. It's very much just well, uh Things worked out for you in high school, and that's just how things are. Like we're <laughs> yeah. all set in stone. Yeah, yeah. You like you nail it in high senior year of high school, and you're just yeah. good to go. Because if you think about it, the other way around, Biff was probably nailing nailing it in senior senior year of high school before Marty showed up. True. Okay, I got to mention one other thing about the ending. Yes, we're gonna jump all over the place. We really are. But that. but if you haven't watched the movie by now. Yeah, <laughs> just go, just go watch also, it. Also, the movie jumps around in time, so I think we're justified. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so every time we jump to a different part, just imagine <laughs> that we we recorded this all chronologically. Yeah, and we time traveled. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so in the, the this is the only thing that I know that I looked up about the original script. Yeah, which is that in the original script, um, George mm-hmm. basically looks at Marty. Um, and I don't remember what the exact thing is. I don't know if it's that he looks, he's watching Doc pick up Marty or okay. he's, or something. And, and he basically looks out the window and he's like, and he has this picture of like his kids and he's like, it can't be, but maybe uh, like that kind of dumb thing of like him starting ooh. to realize that, that Marty went back in time, went and back in time. Yeah. And like, but it's like, really, if you think about it, I feel like George could have figured it out. Yeah, I suppose because, he was already so watching the sci-fi stuff. I, I I found a thing online that put forward some of these things, and I was just the more I was thinking about it, the more things fit into it. Sure. Because the thing that they that I th- the thing that I found online mentioned how weird it was that um, the mom, what's her name in the movie, Lorraine. Lorraine. By the way, her the actress that does her is also incredible. Perfect. She's um, so good. Uh, Leah Thompson, right? Yep, that's right. Perfect. Goes back and forth between like super meek 
and just normal teenager yeah perfectly um but at the end she says to marty will we ever see you again which is a very weird thing to say to like somebody who seemingly just transferred to your high school and hasn't said anything about leaving i was thinking about that scene specifically because they do it just immediately seems like a goodbye yeah and it's like and so clearly george knows that that calvin klein quote unquote was trying to get the two of them together Mm -hmm. i don't remember if lorraine knew that maybe he probably mentions george to her a couple times yeah and so like well, he kept introducing and and like they both you know so, you know so they get together and they kind of just they ask Mar- uh, Calvin out of politeness if he's fine with this yeah, then you know yep. he clearly is but then like he says a lot of things to them that they thinking back later would have been like oh yeah it's weird that he pointed out that our kid was going to set the rug on fire or like that Calvin Klein is an actual famous underwear designer okay but i think about this too but also george was into sci-fi is the other part of it so he might have thought of it here's the thing i always think of Mm -hmm. remember your senior year of high school Mm -hmm. do you remember meeting someone once and then never thinking of them again (laughs) sure but and but if that guy showed up and within a week set me up with the love of my life sure i would probably remember that guy Yeah, maybe also george wrote a whole book about it That's right. <laughs> so yes, true. He probably so I think, anyway. I think the thing that would really throw me off is if uh, I had a vision of Darth Vader from the Planet Vulcan, <laughs> yeah. and then in 1967 I hear about the Planet Vulcan, and then 1977 I hear about Darth Vader. I think if the theory of that George would figure it out eventually, yeah. it would have to pretty much rely on him assuming that it wasn't actually an alien. Sure. Or like a vision that it actually was Calvin Klein. Sure. And that it was like a trick. Yeah. Um, I think, I think I maybe think he would. Have to but assume he has a shaky memory at that point. That's also true. Yeah. yeah. That's my guess anyway. Yeah. And also the book is incredibly long. So I think he probably... Yeah, it's a huge book. I think he probably just made up a bunch of stuff. Very possible. <laughs> and it actually... I mean, Doc made the flux capacitor based on a dream. So he could Dreams go are... forward with his life assuming that it was a dream. Yeah, that's true. That is, you know, so anyway. <laughs> Dreams are very powerful in the Back to the Future they universe. They are. They are. <laughs> I want to actually, now that we're talking about the ending. Yeah. What do we, well, one, just what do we make of the fact that it literally, it's just that they get rich. That's it. <laughs> like, is that an okay ending? <sighs> That is the one thing... It feels good in the movie. It does feel good while you're watching it, and, which I'll give and, it to him. And, you know, they reverse from Biff, who we know is a bad person, for many reasons. Yeah. And I w- so, so that feels good. Yeah. I will say, beyond them just being rich, they are also happier. They don't yeah. say that they're happier because they're rich. They both want to be with each the other. Way, That's a huge the, thing. Yeah. The way it's kind of set up is presumably that they're richer because they have confidence specifically because george specifically because george has confidence and believes in himself well he and no longer afraid of rejection exactly so he's willing because obviously he'd be a better boss than biff you know in the original 1985 we're assuming he works for biff purely out of lack of confidence yes absolutely. because it's not like Biff's smart the same place in one he's he's supervisor right i think so yeah yeah clearly he kind of gets shaken out of his habitual i don't know what the word is servitude to biff yeah totally uh and becomes a confident guy and i think what we're lorraine feels protected and not harassed by biff too yes so i think what we're led to assume is that the money just comes from that also and the thing that like crispin glover would be critical about would be that they really kind of overplay that part of it they do they could just they could have just made them happier. Yeah, they could have had the same clothes and the same furniture and yeah. stuff and just been happier. Um, that is the one thing right away at the. I'm just thinking of of it now with all the stuff with this pickup that he has. Yeah, <laughs> that's maybe the part that's weirder than any of it is that the, he has the truck. So at, at the beginning, the other thing I was forgetting about is that they have a commercial for a Toyota that they're uh, that all the Toyotas are on sale on the radio. Uh-huh. And then the TV switches on, and then you hear about the plutonium being yeah. stolen or whatever. But that <laughs> it comes in threes, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like so, it's that, and then 
Marty's like, wow, look at that Toyota. <laughs> Very obvious. Like, yeah. Boy, this guy loves his Toyota. Lusting after it. Yeah. Check out that 4x4. Four four. That is hot. Okay, back her up. Someday, Jennifer. Well, then he has all his car problems with wanting to borrow it. Yeah, and then he gets his own car. Yeah. But it's... Man, the Toy- I think... The Toyota yeah. is like the lamest part of this whole movie. <laughs> it is. It's also the lamest part of the sequel movies, too. That's true. We can get in the sequels when we do the sequels. Yeah, we won't do it right I now. I think we should do two and three together sometime. I would love to. That'd be great. Because they were filmed at the, at the same time. What you doing time. next week? <laughs> we might have Shoot, to. I might just watch two tonight. It's that good. It is great. Um, but... but Actually, that while we're saying that, yeah. how good is the ending of this movie that Doc just comes in and they made this whole big deal about plutonium? Yeah. Actually, that's that's a really funny thing when you think about it, that he should have just done that first, gone to the future and like got a better energy source. That is true. That would have been smarter. But I mean, that is what he wanted to do originally. Yeah, he it just to go, got it all mixed up. Yep. But it's funny that they the entire point of this movie is that he doesn't have enough power to go back to the future. Yes. And within you know like essentially a night like he goes to sleep and wakes up and suddenly that is no longer an issue ever again yeah yeah it doesn't play into the other because the mr fusion exists (laughs) yeah and he just figures it out but how great is it when doc comes back Mm -hmm. and he is just all futury and weird yeah and the car can fly and like just everything about it is so good Mm -hmm. it's such a good hook yeah, it is. Do you think they were planning on a sequel? Was that their, what they were thinking about? I don't know. Because I know, like, I've read before about how with Star Wars, when they were yeah. going to do Empire Strikes Back, everybody was a little bit like, oh, you're going to do a sequel? Yeah, like, yeah. Sequels were like, what they were like trash. Right. You but know? then Star Wars happened. And then Star Wars was good. Yeah. Um, so, so maybe they were thinking so he about did, it. So Robert Zemeckis did do this, and mm-hmm. then he did Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Awesome. So it must have already been in the works because that's a long time yeah, to work on yeah, stuff. Yeah. So it was like 1985, then 1988, I think, Roger Rabbit came out. So he probably directed it like right after Back to the Future, and then they finished up the animation. Okay, yeah. And then and then right as it came out, he was probably already directing 2 and 3. Working on 2 and 3. Which came out in 89. Yeah. 89 and 90, I think? Sure. Man, that's an incredible run of movies. Yeah. Uh, okay, we got to back up. Yeah, yeah, there's so fun. many other things we got to get. That's what, I just wanted to yeah. talk about how cool oh, yeah, it is yeah. that he shows up, like the doc shows up in his yeah. cool future stuff and his cool future glasses. It's it's awesome. Where we we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, incredible it's line. An, I love it when the movies end on like an exciting note like that. Yeah, you know, uh, and that they did it perfectly. I got to talk about the Libyan thing. Let's talk about the Libyan. <laughs> so um, I, I wanted to get back to it eventually because I yeah because we can talk about the stuff that has aged poorly in this movie. Yeah. So, that's one where, okay, I actually don't, like, I'm sure, like, the de- the actual depiction of the Libyans themselves yeah. is something that they would probably want them to do differently today. For sure. I, don't, I can't even picture it. Sure. How it is in the movie, but... Two guys in a small van. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. But the thing I think is more interesting about that is the fact that, so, Gaddafi was in charge of Libya in the 80s. Right. Yes, please give us the world context at this point. So, here's what's weird about all of it. So, Libya was the example that you would go to of a terrorist nation in the 80s, right? Al-Qaeda didn't exist, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Iraq, we were actually like... (laughs) Iraq and Iran were in the middle of a war in which we were supporting both of them. Yeah. (laughs) Going back and forth. Cool. So, Libya was kind of the example that you were going to come up with if you are going to do like a Middle Eastern country that was going to try to steal uranium. They were the big bad of the 80s in the the same way that Iraq was the big bad of the 90s. Yes. Like Saddam was. But what's interesting about that is multiple things to me. One, and this is more on the like whatever side yeah one is the fact that essentially the things that libya was doing that were Mm -hmm. considered terrorist things most other countries other than us don't think libya did them oh interesting (laughs) and that like america really is kind of like rah-rah usa (laughs) propaganda i mean i think they were (laughs) just trying i think they were trying to do a shorthand yeah i think basically like Gaddafi was almost like agreeing to be seen as a terrorist Oh, okay. In a way that was like kind of weird. 
in that it like elevated his profile. Sure. The, oh yeah. Like, where he was basically just like, uh, yeah, the Americans said I did it. Sure. Yeah. You know, and the Americans basically just didn't want to admit that like probably Syria did it and they hated us for legitimate reasons. That's like the guy who started ISIS, right? Yeah, kind of. Basically yeah. That, they just like put, they just pinned it on a guy so they could invade and he was like, cool. If the, you guys say so. The US <laughs> thinks that I'm very bad. And then it actually attracted terrorists right. to him. So anyway, but the other interesting thing about Gaddafi and Libya is that he was like the only world leader who basically later was like, oh yeah, I'll give up my weapons of mass destruction wow. that he maybe didn't even have. Right. So <laughs> like, That's pretty wild. So like... I guess within the universe of this movie, um, I guess if Gaddafi had successfully stolen plutonium, well, he they, probably they were wouldn't. Trading, be... They were trading to make a nuclear bomb. Yeah, like if. But I've been saying like if he had actually gotten the plutonium, yeah, he probably wouldn't have even done anything with it, and he probably would have given it to the United States in like. 2005 oh, and then sure. he would have gotten assassinated by us anyway <laughs> so anyway i don't know if that means anything there's always a bigger bad and the bigger bad is always the u.s yeah so anyway i'm curious that is they, an interesting take on it especially yeah. because doc presumably stole it no from the government the libyans the libyans stole it and they traded it to him and he gave them a box of pinball parts oh so th- so that's when they're they're oh. that's, if you listen at the beginning of the TV report yeah. they say that they're that they're denying that anything that any plutonium was stolen from the nuclear reactor facility uh-huh. like but clearly it's being covered up. So in this scenario the Libyans stole a bunch of plutonium yes. and Doc bought some of it from them in exchange for what they thought were missile parts. I think they I think basically they stole the plutonium. Like Doc was like, "If you give me some plutonium, yeah. I'll make you a bomb." And Got so they it. stole the plutonium and yeah. gave it to him. Gave it to him, and then he instead of used it for his time machine. Exactly. He he double crossed. He basically his entire plan was based on <laughs> double crossing a foreign power. Yeah. To steal something from the United States for him. Awesome. Wow. It really does kick ass. It kind of does. It makes Doc way cooler. <laughs> Wow, especially because, I mean, I don't know how the thing that I was saying factors into it. If presumably Libya was doing like, I don't know, <laughs> I like Libya was they didn't actually have anyone they were trying to nuke. They were just trying to get respect from America. Yeah, makes presumably sense. in this movie. Yeah, like they were just trying to be like, oh, we're a nuclear power now. Right. We have a nuke. Please respect us. I don't think we can get too deep into the politics of this movie without no. getting lost in the weeds, but <laughs> I'm just saying I like that we're thinking about I'm it. I'm just saying it's interesting in the fact that Doc and Libya both were trying to basically steal a nuke for no reason <laughs> or for yeah. like or for not the assumed reason of why you would want to create a nuke. Yes, totally. They weren't trying to blow anyone up actually. No. So like anyway. <laughs> Man, Doc's so weird. He is. One of the funniest <laughs> things about this is when he's like, see, you'd want to witness the birth of Christ. <laughs> yeah. Puts in December 25, AD 0. <laughs> okay. Come on, man. You know better than that. Okay, we got to get into one of the most controversial realms of Back to the Future theorizing. Yes, please. Yes. I'm which so is, where does the second Marty go? What do you mean? So, original Marty, poor Marty, we'll call him. Yeah. Goes back in time. Yep. Comes back. Yep. Sees what is kind of his past self. Yep. Go into the time machine. Yep. Uh, leave. Yep. And then he's here now. Yep. But it's kind of a different Marty. It's kind of rich Marty. No. You think it's... It's not because you, we... because. Doc actually discusses how this works. In the second one, right? Nope, in the first one. The picture shows how everything works. <laughs> it's all about the photo that Marty carries in his pocket of his siblings. Yes. So the way that it works is that if you make a change in the past, it kind of rolls toward the future like a wave. Yeah. And the and the closer something the closer something is to that original time, the mm-hmm. quicker the if it's a if it's a change you know, like the wave goes slow. So like for example, his brother's getting erased first cuz he's the first yeah, one born. Yeah, yeah. But Marty's not erased yet in the picture. Yeah. And then it all and then once but once things are fixed it all snaps back. Yeah. So so like so then they're all born. That's the normal normal thing. 
Yeah. But we got to assume that when he gets back to Hill Valley 1985, when he comes back to the he goes back to the future, mm-hmm. he's still at, at that point things like the the stuff that has changed hasn't gotten there yet. I'm saying that like he falls asleep he he falls asleep and the truck the Toyota truck was not in his garage. And when he wakes up the Toyota truck is in his garage. Time changes around him in a way that Sure. That's that is hand waved away with movie magic <laughs> yeah. by the fact that he's asleep and he does the, like the fake out dream thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so the Marty that goes back in time you're saying Same Marty. Yeah, 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 same Marty, but with a truck? Nope. He doesn't have the truck yet. But I'm saying like so okay how do i think about this <laughs> it's so confusing because it's time travel and doesn't yes. make sense i'm just i just think my ex- explanation like is logical enough i want to yeah. hear where you're so okay i'm saying it's a it's a perfect closed loop and that in that the marty that goes back is the exact same as the marty that shows up and the kind of time travel sort of like works around you a little bit you know what i mean so what you're, you're saying is that like if you're the guy who's in the time machine yep that so like what I'm saying is, if Marty had grown up with rich parents, yeah, and having a truck and all that, sure, uh, he would be different, right? I in, actually have it, a theory about that too in, regarding Back to the Future, but too. like he would have like different memories and shit. A little bit. He would have remembered his brother being a yuppie who has a suit. Yeah, you know what yes. I mean. And so, either. Yeah, either like I guess if you're like the guy who is doing the time traveling, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess maybe over the course of the rest of the day, Marty would like start to remember different stuff yeah. from when he was a kid and we had money. Well, <laughs> isn't there something in like the? Oh, actually, yeah. So and the, they actually kind of expand on this in Back to the Future too, not to get too far into the other movie, the other movies. Well, that was the other thing I was going to ask about. Yes. Yeah, so because in two, so, he, Doc so, kind of describes like a creation of alternate reality situation. Yep. So, so basically, in 2015, yeah, old Biff erases himself from that because that timeline stops existing eventually. Like, like he he goes back in time and gives him his young self the almanac, uh-huh. and when he comes back, he, when he returns the DeLorean. He's like starting to fade himself. Uh-huh. So we so clearly things roll at like a specific rate. I don't know sure. how fast or slow it is, but hmm. it's messy for sure. <laughs> yeah. My my thing is that like I think that it's the, basically it has to be the same Marty because it has to work because 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 it has to make the closed loop. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, yeah, and then what I in the initial one. What I yeah, and I think that's where the controversial aspect of the theorizing around this comes from. Yeah, which is that basically, you can go back in time and prevent your own existence. Sure. In a format of time travel that still includes creating alternate realities and there being alternate universes with other Martys. Oh sure, sure. You could still go back into your own past and prevent yourself from being born. Yep. Um, that doesn't preclude the idea of there being other Martys, you know, of the of the idea that Marty is go- ha- Marty has created a new future yeah. that he is kind of invading, and that he's basically taking the place of a different Marty who went I see what you're somewhere. Saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I think my thing is that like I th- I think the Doc's theory of alternate universes sort mm-hmm. of, or like the, where the the point where it diverges yeah. a little bit is more just an explanation to Marty of there really is only one universe. And if you want to change things back, you have to go back to where it started. Yeah, you have to go back far enough to yeah. be ahead of the changes. Yeah, I really do think there's only one universe. Yeah. And that, and so whenever you change something in time, mm-hmm. you that's the whole second half of Back to the Future 2. Yeah. Is just the idea that you know you have to go back and make sure things happen the way they happened. If you want things to yeah. be like how like how they were, yeah, 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 uh, and that makes sense. I just think it's like it is funny. I, like I do get what you're saying yeah. though that that like <laughs> the Marty that goes back in time then is the one who already has a truck. Yeah, and it's like so for 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 poor Marty yeah. or like whatever he yeah either because like his family isn't like taken aback by like what he's wearing for yeah. example right and like maybe yeah he would be wearing all the same stuff just because he still thinks it's cool. Maybe Marty's just, you know, universally cool or whatever. Sure. Or 
people are intervening in Marty's life to make sure that he is acceptably the same after time travel huh. happens. Yeah. Which is possible either through Doc's intervention or if his parents realize he's a time traveler. Sure. Or Marty will, over the course of the next however much amount of time, mm-hmm. just like kind of become a different guy, which kind of works. Because in, in two and three... Well, I was going to talk about that yeah, too. Yeah, he doesn't like being called a chicken. Yes. So <laughs> so I think that actually is fairly compelling at that point. So actually, there's two big things mm-hmm. for that. One, I do think that basically if you're the time traveler, you're immune from everything. Yeah. Just by the fact that you are the time traveler. There's some things that you clearly are immune from. I think the flux capacitor stops you from changing. That makes sense. I yeah. think it helps you keep your memories. Oh yeah, that could I think be. it helps you like it helps keep the original state. It creates of you. a zone around the time machine that it has you in it. Yeah, that like you know because if we remember in two, mm-hmm. Jennifer they leave her in eighty five and everything's just going to change around her. Yeah. Oh yeah. As if nothing. Cha- yeah. See, <laughs> isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's a weird thing to think of. So anyway, I think that's part of the the whole thing of the flux capacitor. That's that's one of my big things. Yeah. Is that like. You time travel, you're you're somewhat immune. Yep. But at the same time, once things do catch up to Marty and Doc in the second and third ones, uh-huh. uh, think of the two things that change. The one changes for each of them. One, Marty has a better, way better life, mm-hmm. and so he has this always compensating for something type of thing mm-hmm. with a whole like being called a chicken. Yeah. And so that weird thing that they decided to add into the second <laughs> yeah. and third ones, which they is very off. It is. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. But then also, if you think about it in, in this first one here, Doc is very much about like, I'm going to know the last 30 years of, or the next 30 years of World Series baseball scores. Mm-hmm. And then in the second one, he finds out that, you know, like he stops Marty from doing the same thing. Yep. And, of course, it changes the past and all that. But I think that Doc, knowing that he that the what caused him to create this was going to also get him killed and then taping that letter together and changing his future mm-hmm. made him realize how dangerous that was. That's true. And that made him be like, no more changing the future it made or the him, past. It made him go on a course of... Yeah, oh, basically the course that he goes on in the next two movies. Yeah, exactly. Of going to the future primarily... Because as if you're gonna go on a vacation, go to the future. Yeah. Yes. But then also, if you're gonna go to the past, I guess try to do it in such a way that destroys time travel. How does he go to the past again? Is it by accident? It's, he gets struck by lightning in the second one. Oh yeah. Hovering in the air there because he he accidentally sends him back to 1885 and he has no fuel and then he dies. And it makes him want to destroy time travel. Yes. He. Well, that's last thing. Of, <laughs> yeah. uh, last thing in the second one. Uh, we'll get into it more. Yeah, but yeah, the, yeah. Literally the coolest thing in the second movie is that. The DeLorean gets electrocuted and goes back in time. Uh-huh. And Marty's standing there in the rain. And not 10 seconds later, a guy shows up with a letter and says, this has been waiting here for, <laughs> what, like 90 years yeah, or something? Yeah. <laughs> we, none of us thought it was gonna get it, that you were going to be here. Uh-huh. But like that's how time travel works. That's that so rules. cool. That's why these movies, movies are so great. Yep. Uh, There's nothing like them. They're so I, good. I really like our idea of like... That the flux capacitor's purpose, scientifically, yeah. is to basically be like, don't worry about it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> because, like, like it's Absolutely. just like a thing that, like, just if, if you start thinking about it too much, just, just point to the thing, and <laughs> that fixes yeah. it. Um, like, it's, it's, don't get caught up. <laughs> it's kind of the iron of time travel. The what? The iron, like when you're ironing clothes, like, oh. it smooths all the wrinkles <laughs> out. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, which... And I think that is its function, to like make it actually to smooth out the wrinkles. So you don't travel. immediately kill yourself. Yeah, I think that's a good that's a good call. Also, it you know places you in the in space the the right place well, you're supposed yeah. to be and all that because the Earth's moving. And right, 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 right. <laughs> Listen, Look. you don't have to think about it. It's a movie. <laughs> don't worry about it. Back to the Future. It's fine. Yeah, it's a fun movie. It's a for, fun movie for families. For families <laughs> for families that. Uh, are like okay with weird things happening okay with you almost having sex with your mom can you believe we didn't even talk about that once how far are we into this we didn't even talk about that one about an hour we're about an hour (laughs) and we have not we're basically done and we didn't even talk about that don't need to no hey it almost happens then it doesn't it's been covered at length pretty funny it is pretty funny
Oh boy. <laughs> we really didn't even talk about like the second half of the movie. Doesn't matter. That's fine. <laughs> I think we're done. Yep.